0: Welcome to LeGrave Avenue CRC's Sermon Podcast. When we are discipled, it is mostly for our intellect, and this can make us stoic. However, we also need spiritual discipline so that we can express our emotions. This is exactly what we practice in this evening's service. You're listening to the Service of Remembrance Meditation by Reverend Peter Yonker. I would like to begin before we do any of that, with a meditation. And my meditation tonight will be based on Psalm 42. Listen to these words. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, the living God. When can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night. Well, people say to me all day long, where's your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the Mighty One with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throngs. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. My soul is downcast within me. Therefore, I will remember you from the land of the Jordan, from the heights of Hermon, from Mount Mizar. Deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls. All your waves and breakers have swept over me. By day, the Lord directs his love. At night, his song is still with me, a prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about in mourning, oppressed by the enemy? My bones suffer mortal agony as my foes taunt me, saying all day long, where is your God? Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. This is the word of the Lord. In our tradition, when we talk about discipleship, when we focus on discipleship, Traditionally, most of the discipleship we do is about the discipleship of the intellect and the mind. So when we, for example, disciple our children, we teach them, we've traditionally taught them doctrine, we've taught them intellectual knowledge, we've shaped them with moral laws, we've, we've tried to teach them a Christian worldview, we've spoken to their heads. So for example, for me, On Wednesday nights, in my seventh grade year, I started going to catechism at the first Kingston Christian Reformed Church in Kingston, Ontario, Canada. And every Wednesday night, I would go there, and it didn't matter if I had soccer practice or if I had hockey practice, you were going to go to catechism. And there, some extremely patient and long-suffering church member would teach me the doctrines of the church. And it was rigorous. We'd go through Lord's Days, one by one, and at the end of the year, we would have a test to see how well we remembered the doctrine of election and what total depravity was and what it wasn't. And all this was great. Uh, doctrinal knowledge is important. Intellectual formation is extremely important. Doctrinal knowledge is necessary. Necessary, but not sufficient. Recently, I was listening to a podcast which featured an interview with someone named, a name that you may know, Tish Harrison Warren. Tish Warren uh, grew up in the PCA Church. She's now an Anglican priest. And she's written some interesting books. Uh, Her first book, The Liturgy of the Hours, won Book of the Year from Christianity Today. And in this podcast and in her most recent book, Songs of the Night, she reflects on grief And as she talks about grief, she says that grief reminds us that we Christians don't just need intellectual formation. We don't just need intellectual discipleship. We need emotional discipleship. We need to train our emotions. The Holy Spirit needs to form our emotions in the way of Jesus Christ. And it is her observation that while intellectual discipleship is something that we're very self-conscious about, Emotional discipleship is not something that we've paid direct attention to. Tonight's service is an exercise in emotional formation, emotional discipleship. Tonight, we will take our grief and our loss, and we will raise it up to God. And we all have grief, and we all have loss. To be human is to grieve and to lose. And tonight we're gonna to focus on a very special kind of loss, the loss that comes with death. The loss that comes when someone very, very dear to us, someone who we leaned on, is suddenly taken from our life. And, and the emotional shape of death is unlike any other emotional shape. There's a particular kind of emotional turbulence that comes when we lose someone that we love. Death does strange things to our emotions. The emotional turbulence that we feel um, intense at first changes over time, but it keeps coming back in different ways. We can be 10 years out, we can be 20 years out, and we think we're fine and something happens and all of a sudden we find ourselves in tears and all of a sudden we find our souls hurting. It's like the psalmist says. It's like waves washing over us. How do, we imagine, how do we manage the emotional turbulence that comes with death? How are we formed to deal with it? Well, if, if you just live in society, if you live in the modern world and let the modern world form you in emotional discipleship, you've probably been formed. You've probably been formed in avoidance. Most people in our society are trained to Deal with loss in ways that simply avoid it, in ways that simply quell the pain. The pain of of death is so great for people that they find distractions, they find substances, they find ways to push it away. Tish Warren, in her book, quotes a contemporary philosopher who says this, We are tempted by nearly every current of culture to form our lives so that we have no time for grief only for the dim hum of consumption, dulling our agony, but also with it, our joy, our wonder, and our longing. When we dull our agony over grief, we also dull the higher emotions, the positive ones. We know this kind of escapism isn't good for us, but for many in our society, it's easier than facing raw, unfiltered emotion. This is the Gordon Lightfoot approach to grief. Sundown, I think it's a shame that I get feeling better when I'm feeling no pain. Well, of course, it is true that Jesus has conquered death. Does that mean that we should be stoic in the face of loss and never show emotional grief? Is that the teaching of Scripture? Honestly, Stoicism is more Greek than biblical. The Greeks valued Stoicism. Scripture... The one book of the Bible that leads us in emotional discipleship the most is the book of Psalms. In the book of Psalms, you find the full range of human emotions expressed. And when you read Psalms and you pray Psalms, as Christians have done for thousands of years, you find a way to express your emotions, and the Holy Spirit disciples you and forms you in his emotional path. John Calvin Not someone you think of when you think of emotional discipleship says this about the Psalms. He says, there's no human emotion that anyone finds in himself whose image is not reflected in the mirror of the Psalms. All the griefs, sorrows, fears, misgivings, hopes, fears, anxieties, in short, all disquieting emotions with which the minds of men are wont to be agitated, the Holy Spirit hath here pictured exactly So the Psalms teach us biblical emotional expression, biblical emotional discipleship. When you read the Psalms, do you find stoicism there? Do the Psalms teach us emotional restraint? Hardly. Psalm 42. My soul pants for you, God. Tears have been my food day and night. My bones suffer mortal agony. My soul is downcast and disturbed within me. All your waves and your breakers have swept over me. And that's just one psalm. Psalm 88. Darkness is my only friend. Psalm 6. Have mercy on me, O Lord. I'm faint. Oh, my bones are in deep agony. Psalm 22. My heart is turned to wax. It is melted within me. But it's not just the negative emotions, it's the positive ones too. Psalm 30, you've turned my wailing into dancing. My heart will sing your praises and not be silent. Psalm 27, my heart leaps for joy and with a song I praise him. So there's nothing flat, nothing stoic about any of this. And maybe that's because the person who wrote most of the Psalms was somebody who was pretty good at emotional expression. David was no stoic. David could write a psalm like Psalm 51 where he absolutely opened up the guilt in his soul and he could also dance with all his might before the ark of the Lord and it returned to Jerusalem so much joy that it put people off. He was no Stoic. He laughed, he cried, he raged. And Jesus, Jesus was no Stoic either. If our model for emotional help is Jesus, and who else would it be? our model is not stoicism. Jesus was convulsed by grief when Lazarus died. It was a kind of grief that bordered on anger. Jesus expressed indignation. He showed anger. Jesus expressed joy. Jesus celebrated. And of course, in Gethsemane, Jesus had so much sorrow that he said he felt like he was going to die and he sweat drops of blood. When it comes to emotional discipleship, if the Psalms and David and Jesus are our guide, then we are being discipled in expression, not restraint. Of course, in Jesus, we don't just get a model of emotional expression that we have to follow somewhere out there we get a savior who walks beside us and helps us as we walk through the valley as we deal with our emotional turbulence. We can bring our hurts and our feelings to Jesus because we know he's been through the turbulence. We see him weep and we see him laugh and we know that we can bring him all of our weeping and our laughter and he will be able to walk with us and he will understand it completely. The author Dane Ortland. Shown me something recently that I'd never seen before. There's only one place in the New Testament where we are specifically told what is in Jesus' heart. Only one place. There's lots of times where you see Jesus do things and you can kind of guess what's in his heart, but there's only one time where it says specifically what is in Jesus' heart. Matthew eleven twenty nine. 29. Come unto me, all you who are weary and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. Jesus is gentle and lowly in heart. So you can take the depths of your sorrows and your griefs to him. And when you come to him, he will take some of that burden upon himself. And he will show you his hands and he will say, See, I was dead too, but now I'm alive again. I am the resurrection and the life. Do not be afraid. So tonight, we'll bring our grief before the face of our Lord again. And we'll meet Jesus, and he will say again, because we need to hear it over and over, do not be afraid. We will get through this together. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Grave Avenue CRC's Sermon Podcast.